Cool. So, hey, what's going on, everyone? This is Eric Stewart from Fishing Fanatics, and today I got an awesome guest, Jordan Tompkins, who is 21 years old, professional angler. He is a Bassmaster Classic qualifier, youngest Open champion, and then second youngest to ever do it on the Toyota Series champion. So, how you doing, Jordan? I'm doing pretty good. Just happy to be here. They're happy to have you here, man. So young gun in it, just kind of moving things around. I always like asking people um, how they got into fishing in the first place. Like who are some of those people that took them out for their first time going and um, eventually led them to this career? Yeah, it's always been my dad. Like he was the first one to carry me. And then I grew up fishing with him basically all the way through. Then I watched him fish the tour for a few years. And then it kind of just kept progressing. And now we both fish side by side in the Bassmaster Opens along with my cousin. So now it's just like, it's just slowly progressed over my over my years to get to where I'm at now. Absolutely. So your dad got you in it, and do you, you guys fish tournaments together at all, or? Um, not anymore. We only fish the Opens right now, and we just don't have enough time to fish around local tournaments. But back in the day, we used to fish um, local tournaments, like low country, stuff like that. And we were actually the first people to ever win the points race three years in a row back when I was like seven, eight, nine. Oh, and um, and then he fished the tour for a few years. And that's kind of how we got started was just fishing little local tournaments. And it kept progressing and progressing and progressing, progressing all the way up until, you know, fishing professional. Dad's fishing with you. You're doing all that kind of stuff. And now moving on to your professional career where – I'm going to start with the Toyota Series, and then we're going to end up um, with the Open. But you were the you were the second youngest person to ever win a Toyota Series championship on the uh, Harris chain. Tell me a little bit about that and what your thought process was going into that tournament. Yeah, um, basically, I actually had a Bass Open a couple. I think it was two weeks before I had a Bass Open at the Harris chain, and um, I never really fished Florida a ton. I went to Okeechobee a few times, you know, during December and stuff. With my family is like a vacation type deal. But I wasn't very knowledgeable, and I ended up not making a great decision and making a super, super long run, and it cost me in my Bass Open, and I almost finished dead last. So I decided, instead of just going home, I'm just going to stick it out, and I'm going to practice every single day leading up until the um, Toyota Series. So I think I practiced 15 or 16 days straight, and I scanned the entire Harris chain, and I found a bunch of little sweet spots that... um. I found a bunch of little sweet spots that I could guarantee catch, like, you know, some threes plus. And then I found one mega school that I caught my day one weight on. And that's kind of how it went. And um, it worked out. Like, it it worked out exactly how I thought it would. I actually thought I was going to have a little bit better tournament. But um, I ended up having a lot more people pull in on me than I thought I would on day two. But luckily I had enough stuff in other lakes that I can go catch plenty of three-pounders off of to pull me through. So. Damn, so you just said, screw it, I'll just, I'll just stay there and just fish it until I kind of figure it out. And you eventually did, obviously. <laughs> yeah, it was I – knew, I knew I had something figured out bef- during the Bass Open, but I made a long run and kind of swung for defenses. In that tournament, I ran all the way to Griffin, and I had a really big school of fish there. I just couldn't get him to bite. My co-angler, I think he had 12 pounds with three fish one day, and then I had another co-angler catch him again. I just had poor execution in the front of the boat, missed fish. But, um, but yeah, that kind of stung, so it, it pushed me to work really hard and do good in the next one, and that's kind of what I did. I love it. I love it. And then, like, when you first started tournament fishing, right, and mm-hmm. kind of first getting into it, and you see these guys, big names, and I've talked to other professional bass fishermen about this, like, dude, you look over to your right, and it's like Mike Iconelli or, you know, any of these big 
tournament guys who's been doing it for years. What does that feel like for like when you're first starting out to be fishing against these guys? Yeah, I, I thought I would always be nervous and kind of like scared, but it actually gives you the most utmost confidence ever because you've worked your entire life to get to one place. And when you get next to those guys, that's the symbol of being in the right place. So whenever I, I was at the Classic and you'd be walking out of your hotel room or going going to lunch and you'd see like these legends or go to meetings, you see all these legends, it was like, wow, I actually, all these things I've been wanting to do my entire life and like my dream is, I've done it. And then, you know, that's... then you've got to like, take advantage of the dream that you've had your entire life and do the best you can with it. And when you see those guys, it kind of gives you the utmost confidence that I deserve to be here, that I belong. So it's, it's a pretty surreal feeling that I'm really excited to get back, back to. Yeah. That's, that's kind of a cool way to look at it. Cause for me personally, I'd be nervous as, as anything I'd be shaking. I'd be like, Oh Jesus, like I got to go up against these guys and go fishing. But it's interesting to kind of spin that and be like, you know what? I, I am doing something right. I am fishing against the best in the world. And you know what? I'm here. I am the best. I'm one of the best in the world. So do you just kind of run with that? Yeah. And don't get me wrong. You're always going to be nervous, but like, it's hard to tell the difference between nervous and excitement. And, um, I feel like a lot of people, when they think they're nervous, they're just excited. And that's just the feeling that you're supposed to get whenever all that hard work is paid off and you get to like reminisce in it. So I don't know. I could be nervous. I mean, I felt nervous about a lot of things, but usually it's more of like a sick feeling like right before a test. I'm really nervous. I'm going to bomb or somewhat scared. And I never had that feeling. I more or less had the feeling of I'm here. I've done it. It's like a breath of fresh air, but at the same time, it's, it, you're just getting started. It's hard to explain, but that's just how I felt with it. It just wasn't the same feeling I always got when I was scared or nervous. Business owners and marketing professionals in the Philly area. Bad Rhino takes the overwhelm out of digital marketing. With tailored digital marketing services, from social media management to SEO and PPC advertising, our expert team navigates the complexities of the digital ad space for your business. Let Bad Rhino lead you to success. Visit BadRhinoInc.com and let's take your business to new heights. Bad Rhino, we do digital marketing so you don't have to. So Jordan, you, you brought up tests and it brings me to my next question here about like, you know, you're a young dude fishing in high school, fishing in college. How do you carve out time in that schedule to go travel and do these different tournaments? Um, I had a, I went to a little private school in South Carolina and I had a really good principal. His name was Mr. Roland and he allowed me to... He didn't give me any slack. Like it was a, it was a very high end. Like, it, like the, the academics at our school was very high level. Like, I think his AP classes were our base classes. So, um, it was very difficult. But he allowed me to leave whenever I wanted, as long as my grades stayed above all B's. So, anytime I would drop below, I'd get a warning and I would get in trouble. But luckily, I was able to sustain a consistent grades while being gone but I definitely went through a lot of adversity you know a lot of people didn't like it you know having to deal with it and having to receive homework online instead of like in person and stuff like that so I dealt with a lot of adversity but um whenever you want to do something in life you just got to do whatever you possibly can to make it happen and you know it was all on me you know he, he gave me the opportunity and I was just going to make sure I didn't waste it and I really appreciate him doing that for me but it was definitely a difficult thing to do, trying to 
you know, for the week before I left, I'd be constantly going through all my, go to all my teachers, ask what's going to, what's up ahead. I take tests ahead of time because I, most of the time I had to do everything before. So I couldn't do it while I was gone. I always had to get all the work done before I even left because he knew I probably wouldn't do it while I'm fishing, which is completely fair. So it was basically like double work for every other couple weeks because it was seven tournaments at the time. It, It was very difficult, but you know, it's all, it was all worth it. I learned a lot of valuable things that got me to where I am now from the tour fishing as a co-angler. So very appreciative. I think there's a lot too that's on you personally that you have to like kind of, okay, I got to kind of bear down this week and do all my homework because I know what's coming up here. So there's a lot of like responsibility at a very young age. I probably set you up really well to fish professionally too and handling interviews and even doing like something like this podcast too. Yeah. Um, I, probably the number one thing it helped me with was because I feel like nowadays with how much information is out there, I've, probably 75% of our game now is research, like understanding everything that's going to happen before you get there or making the best possible assumptions before you get there. And, you know, certain people, they don't like doing any research. They just like going through their own rhythms and doing their own thing. But I, I love the research side of it and understanding every single little possible thing you could possibly do. I love going back in archives of archives of FOW and bass and looking at all the articles from past years of when they might have had a like a a bass open or a BFL or anything and reading the articles, kind of seeing what little things you can pick up and and then also doing a lot of video research, understanding areas of the lake and stuff like that. That way. Because the number one thing in bass fishing is, it's not a, it's very simple if you look at it. It's staying in the best areas longer than anybody else does. That's it. If you stay in the best area for longer than everybody else does throughout an eight-hour period, you're almost going to do better than them every single time. So if you do that in practice, you stay in the best areas of, during practice longer than everybody else, you're probably going to have the best practice of anybody else. And the best way to do that is don't waste any time in practice fishing dead water. And the only way to do that is do research and find out what areas of the lake are dead or what patterns are dead. And that's, I feel like going through high school and having to plan ahead during all this, you know, made me who I am now in the, in these Bass Opens, FLW Tour, and even the Bassmaster Classic. Absolutely. And it is funny that you bring that up because like I've met people that do a ton of research. And I've met people that do absolutely no research. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's interesting because there's kind of two ways to look at it. But I definitely – I know if I was in there, I would definitely be doing a ton of research on like Google Earth and all that kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. that's cool. Are you um are you in college now or – Um, I did not go to college. I decided against it. Um, When I won the Toyota Series, I kind of thought, you know – I'm already to a certain level that I don't want to possibly take a step back to college. Not Nothing wrong with college level, but I just don't want to go from fishing as much as I was then, being able to do it as much as I was, to having to go back to classes and you know having a lot of time where I wouldn't be on the water. And I just felt like if I compromised the sponsorship, the education, and certain other opportunities that could help me in the future if I sacrificed it to time on the water, it would either balance out or I would come out on top. And I really feel like my two wins wouldn't have came if I fished college. I really don't. I don't think I would have won the Toyota. I don't think I would have, you know, went to the Bassmaster Classic. 
you know, maybe I would have, I don't know, but I just feel like Mm -hmm. what I've done now, I can look back and at college and say, there's a lot of ways it could have helped me with education, learning how to represent myself better, learning how to market myself better. And also you kind of get not handed, but you get a lot of sponsors presented to you as a college angler by the college. So that's one avenue I struggle with is sponsors. And I feel like I would have been a lot better off if I would have took college, but I feel like the time on the water was probably the better thing for the way I, I do things. Absolutely. How much reassurance was winning that, uh, that Toyota series in that open? Um, the Toyota series really was probably more of a confidence booster because it was the first time that I ever, it was my first year ever fishing really as a professional or out the front of a boat, not, not quite a professional, but that, you know, I bombed, I, I realized my mistake and I corrected the mistake. And then, you know, I reevaluated my entire practice. I said, I need to go out there and win this next one. And I did. So that gave me a ton of confidence knowing that if I put in a certain level of work everywhere I go, I can only do but so bad. The only way I do bad is if I let myself down and not work as hard as I should. So that's, that gave me a lot. That's fair enough. Mm-hmm. So, um, so you were the youngest open champion mm-hmm. in 2022 mm-hmm. on the upper Chesapeake Bay. Tell me about that whole experience and how you ended up winning that one. Yeah, that one research helped me a lot there. And it was, it was a very interesting thing. I don't know. I grew up on a tidal water in the Winyaw Bay my entire life. So I understood the way tides work, but I've always, I've never fished off the bank in my, my tidal waters. You just fish the bank. It now you, you differ the banks you fish by the tides, but that's about it. But there, it w- everything was completely different. You know, you had flats, which is, you know, five, six, seven square miles of just matted out grass for miles. And then you also had a river with small mouth with rock. And then you had another river that was very flat. You know, it was a little bit of wood here, a little bit of wood there. And it was docks, and just stuff I've never seen before. But... I still understood the tides, and when I just started doing research there, I knew that this is a place you can make a really long run. This is a place you can find something sneaky. And I ended up, the first two days that got me through, before I found out really what was there around the boat ramp, I actually had this little place that were a pond or a drain drained out into the lake. And I, I had to get my, it was pretty difficult to get my boat to it, but current would be funneling out of this little drain or or pond and the fish would stack up at the mouth of it you know putting their face in the current and i was able to catch probably three or four there every day like catching a limit there every day got you a check when we were there and then i was i every day i would come back to the chesapeake or around the upper chesapeake bay area and and fish what i did the last day for the last like two hours because i really thought i could win off that spot and we had a full moon and the tides during a full moon get all out of whack like, it'll go two feet higher than normal or two feet lower than normal or it'll be two hours earlier or two hours later because the full moon just messes up everything. It, You know, growing up in tidal water, I knew that, but I didn't know how it affected this tidal water. Like, it affected my tidal water it, completely different. Usually it drops two foot lower, not rises two foot higher. So I feel like the first two days, if I would have understood the tides a little better, I really would have stretched it out a lot further over that tournament, but... 
everything happened for a reason. And the last day I finally got an understanding of the tide, and that's when I caught that big bag once I kind of didn't eliminate half my day trying to figure out the tides the first two days and had to scramble. So, but that little bit of research on Google Earth, finding that little pond, and then also the, my experience from living on a tidal water, it, it really pushed me to do good in that tournament. And I love tidal waters. Anytime I can get a tidal water, it's my favorite. I feel very confident. I feel like I have a shot at winning, and that's just where my confidence lies, is shallow tidal water. I like it. Making that quick adjustment, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's kind of the key that you kind of talked about. Like, it's different body of water, kind of similar to what you're used to fishing, but not exactly it, and just being able to go in there with a plan. So, speaking about plans, you got a couple upcoming open tournaments coming up. Mm-hmm. Um, the one I want to focus on here, because um, it'd probably be closer to the launch of this episode, is the one up in uh, St. Lawrence River. I was checking out your Facebook profile, saw that you ran into some big fish up there for sure. Um, so tell me a little bit about the preparation for that one. Yeah, that is probably my number one most prepped for lake because there's no tournament. I can't think of another lake that pops up on a schedule more than St. Lawrence River. I think the elites have went there the last four out of the last five years and the opens have gone there the last three, no, last three out of the last four years, I think. And it's just a lake that if you learn it, it's a, it's a, not a guarantee because nothing's guaranteed in the sport. That's what I love about it so much, but it's. It's something that you, when you get there, you have the most confidence in doing well. It's like the Johnsons. That's why I'm not going to say they're only famous because of St. Lawrence River, but the St. Lawrence River has progressed their career so much, you know, teaching them so much about smallmouth and then also it being such a prevalent lake that we go to every single year. So between all of that, you know, those anglers, are that's why they are who they are. And that's why I wanted to spend so much time there and prep. So that's what I've done, and I'm. it's probably the event I'm looking forward to the most this year, probably the one that I thought I could do the best in. So super excited. Can't wait to get there. Yeah, I'm excited to watch you guys get there, and the bags that are going to be caught out there are probably going to be crazy because I know there's some giant smallmouth out there. So yeah, my dad I'll definitely be tuning in. Yeah, My dad's had back-to-back top 10s there, and I've only fished there once as a boater. I, fin- I think I finished 21st, and um, that was a probably my favorite event because – my motor had like a thousand five hundred hours on it and was having a lot of issues that tournament. And heck, I, I only stayed within a couple miles of the boat. And I never went to the lake. We went to Clayton. I never stepped foot in the lake and I caught him out the river because my motor had issues and I still did 21st and my dad finished top 10. So I just can't wait till everybody gets locked in that river because that's where I feel confident at, to be honest. So super excited Absolutely. for that. And Jordan, that's kind of terrifying, isn't it? When you go out there and like you're having boat problems, because I've had boat problems when I'm fun fishing and it's terrible, but I couldn't imagine doing this for a living where your livelihood depends on it. And then, oh, something breaks and everything. That's got to be a terrible feeling. Yeah. Last tournament was probably the worst I've ever had for, um, motor issues or not motor issues. I, I had a, I had a couple different issues going on that I didn't quite realize the first two days. Um, I actually had some charging and battery problems that cost me my first two mornings of practice all the way up until like one o'clock. And at Wheeler Lake, I think everybody knows that lake, if you don't catch them in the first hour, you typically don't catch them. So not being out there for the morning bite was terrifying for the first two days. I didn't get to fish till like one o'clock and I had to get off the water early as well. So I only got like probably two or three hours of first two days of practice. And then the last two days of practice, I ended up having motor issues. 
but it was actually a very simple thing. Basically, I got some rough water and one something loosened in the motor, and it created a short. And it was nothing wrong with the motor. It was just a fluke is what it was. So I ended up lo- – I only practiced like a total of 12 hours out of the four days I was even there. And luckily, I found enough in those four hours to get me an 11th place finish and miss the top 10 by an ounce. But, um, yeah, those are those are things that – it gives you advert. It gives you adversity to overcome. So when stuff happens, when stuff happens in the future, that's what these bass opens are for. That's what they're designed for. It's a it's a training grounds for all anglers. That hopefully you can get as much confidence and as much learning as you can before you get on the big stage. And that way you don't get there presented with a bunch of new things that you've never seen before. So that was actually. I'm kind of glad. Looking back, I'm kind of glad it happened. I learned how to keep my cool learned how to practice in other ways while not on the water and um, stuff like that. So overall it ended up good. So I can't, I can't complain too much. I love that, man. Through this entire podcast, I love your mentality about how you go about fishing. And it's kind of like the same thing. Like I remember talking with Luke Palmer on our podcast. It was like, yeah, you know, I only kind of control the things I can control. Mm-hmm. That's really all you can do, right? I mean, if the fish aren't biting, they're not biting. If you're in the right spots, you kind of got to trust that process and keep going through it. And as a Sixers fan, I've heard trust the process way too much out here, but mm-hmm. that's kind of that's kind of it, man. This is good stuff. So um, one last thing I wanted to note here. Outside of fishing, you enjoy golf and video games. Yeah. So for golf, what's your handicap and then what's your favorite video game right now? Um, Golf is something I, I didn't even start playing until I was probably 15 or 16 when we actually played par three with my parents a couple times because we got bored of putt-putt. So I'm pretty terrible at golf. I'm probably like a plus, not a, a plus, I'm probably a 12 handicap or something. You know, I shoot 85 to 79 right around there consistently that's pretty solid yeah i mean i don't i haven't probably played in like six or seven months but whenever i do go home i do like to try to do it but i mean i'm such a busy schedule and um but no i i I love golf i love the competition aspect of it and it's more of a calm sport than fishing is it's not as wiry it's not as go 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 it's more of a hop on a cart with your friends you know no one really cares not a ton of money on the line your life is not on the line so it's like fishing, right. but the way it used to be, the way fishing used to be for me. Yeah, I got you. And then video games, what's your, what's your go-to game right now? Yeah, um, I love just Call of Duty in general. I love the con- anything. It has to be extreme competition for me to even enjoy it. That's everything for me is competition. So I love Call of Duty. When I was like 9 or 10 years old, my parents used to make fun of me all the time and take my games away because... I had set alarms to play an hour before school started, and, like, in the morning, I'd wake up early. I used to play competitive. Like, I actually used to play in tournaments and all sorts of stuff for money. When I was, like, 11 and 12 years old, I'd put my card on there. I'd put, like, go buy gift cards at GameStop and put it on there and play for that. I've always been a very competitive-oriented person, and whenever I couldn't fish, that's what I was competing and doing. So I love gotcha. I love playing any any video games like that. I love it. I love it. Cool, Jordan. So let's wrap it up here. Let people know where they can find you on social media, um, where they can follow along with your success and your long career coming forward. Gotcha. Well, it's on Instagram. That's my number one thing I'm using is JT Tompkins Fishing. And 
that's basically what it's going to be everywhere. Or Jordan Tompkins on Facebook, but it's JT Tompkins Fishing also on Facebook. And I will be starting, when, once I reach the elites, I'll be starting a YouTube channel. And I will be documenting all my progress on there. I haven't made it yet, but at just Jordan Tompkins or JT Tompkins Fishing is going to be the two names. Basically, you can look up at any time to find me in whatever avenue I probably pursue. So follow me there and it'd be cool, awesome. Buddy. I love it. I'll link them all in the description so people can go check you out. But um, good luck in the opens moving forward. Um, wish you the best of luck, and hopefully at the end of the season we can do like an end of season wrap up. Um, moving down the road. Looking forward to it. Thank you. Cool. Appreciate it.